HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative, and uniquely yours. Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache, and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi, I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts. And that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about Ancestral Agave Syrup. Ancestral Agave Syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking. I've had 100% pure agave nectar. Well, not like this, you haven't. That stuff is processed with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil, and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality. Ancestral agave syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure agua miel from Salmiana agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand if your brand is person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes. Unfortunately, the families behind this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead which would be a crime because Ancestral Agave Syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100% pure Vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner. So, don't build a homepage from one of several easy-to-use templates, but do grab Ancestral Agave Syrup today. Our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited-edition Agave Superhero comic book. So do not wait. Protect the land. Make better drinks and save the bats by grabbing some today. Go to... Wait, what was that about bats? Uh, yeah, it's an important food source on the migration path of the Mexican long-nosed bat. Huh. Yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, well, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to AncestralAgave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today. Ancestral Agave Syrup. It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really, really good. 
I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Chris Maxwell. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps drink ex bartenders been in agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. So, Chris, I wanted to talk to you because you and I had an exchange, I want to, was it like 2018? 2017, 2018, something like that. I don't know, it's 18, 19. Something like that, okay. Something like that. Um, we had an exchange uh, that I recall differently than you do. So I'm going to just defer to your uh, your your recollection because, uh, you know, mine has never been what I would call ironclad, but it was about bringing bottles back from Mexico. Now, Chava and I did an episode on this a while ago, and I'll link to that in the story that's sort of the process that we used to use, that I used to use to bring bottles back. Uh, and I would consistently get 120 liters back um, from Mexico. But things have changed. And the call that I received from you was one of the first two indicators, one of the first three indicators to me that something funny was going on. So you want to talk about what happened, Chris? Yeah. So um, I think you know, around that time period, you know, I was like aware that you were bringing back um, uh, deliciousness in <laughs> in water bottles, uh, a, a pretty large amount. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, how's this going on? A couple of the friends were doing some similar stuff. And I had um, been bringing back actual like labeled bottles of, of tequila, you know, since, you know, like 2007, actually 2006, like I started bringing back uh, a significant amount, significant being like more than like a dozen, right? Okay. Yep. And and these are glass uh, labeled you know, bottles, actual legal. Yep, glass yep. labeled okay. bottles. Yep. And then uh, back in like 2014, started making the the uh, the trips down to Oaxaca and bringing stuff back and oh, and bringing back stuff in in plastic. And then after a while, I'm like, I don't want plastic. And I went and bought a bunch of uh, stainless steel water bottles from Costco. <laughs> my friend, my friend, Alvin Schultz, shout out to Alvin, had suggested the same thing to me. Um, uh, in fact, and I, I bought a couple and I, and I put some in just to see what it changed the flavor. Um, and this would have been like 2018, I think. Uh, and I just found it the other day. I still haven't taken it out. <laughs> Anyway, well, like, yep. yeah. So you know, I I I did the stainless steel because I noticed that it did change the the flavor profile within uh-huh. like a few weeks uh, in uh-huh. plastic. So I hit the eject button after a while on that. And uh, anyway, so um, in two thousand and and uh, nineteen, um, I was down in in Michoacan um, with uh, a, a friend who makes deliciousness and. Um, was at, at uh, Svenata and noticed that there was a barrel um, that uh, was there. I knocked on it to see if there was anything in it, and, and I'd ask, because, like, he's also making rum. And I asked, I'm like, okay, what's what's in the barrel? And he said, mezcal. I'm like, okay, can we taste it? This and is, he's like, of course. This is a wood barrel. It's a wood barrel. Oh. Yep, it, it was a two 200-liter wood barrel. <laughs> and, um, and he poured some for us and it was absolutely delicious and what i loved about it was that it was something that i could turn my tequila friends right on to it had zero smoke yep. characteristics and there was a characteristic about it that 
reminded both myself and my friend because I, I tasted it. I'm like, I thought about this and I asked my friend, I'm like, what does this remind you of? And he's like, Tapatio Excellencia. I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> and okay. so there was this characteristic and like, I just like, I'm like the mezcal that can turn my tequila friends on to mezcal. So it was, it was Tapatia Excellencio, but with a little twist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. was, okay. yeah, it, it was, it was in that ballpark. It was that simple, gotcha. there was similar aspects of it. Right. You know, just yeah. like, you know, if you taste, you know, uh, a tequila, that's uh, aged in French oak, you're going to get some of those brandy notes, you know, so yeah. cognac notes anyway. Yeah. So, um, then I, I, I looked at our friend, I'm like, um, can we buy this barrel? And it's a question that, <laughs> that my friend and I have asked a lot of producers and he was the first person to say yes. And then <laughs> he's like, no, I no, think there's a whole episode about the nose that you got, but keep going. Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's like, um, yeah, nobody drinks aged mezcal anymore. You know, people used to drink aged mezcal in, in Michigan, but <gasps> nobody does anymore. And, uh, oh, um, I love that so much. You and, have no and, idea. Uh, and I'm like, how old is this? He's like, I don't know, like three to five years. Um, he, you know, it's just sitting there. He stopped paying attention because nobody cared. And uh, I'm like, how much do you want for this? And he's like, a really stupid number. I'm like, okay, we're gonna buy this. So stupid small. Yeah. Stupid small. Yeah. 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 And uh, um, so uh, my friend and I flew back down uh, a few months later to go and pick up uh, this product. And, you know, we understood, you know, flying back into California, 60 liters per person. And I've been like following along with like how you'd had, had uh, actually, I think I had reached out before the trip to be like, okay, what specifically did you do to make this happen and whatnot? And so I followed those procedures and, you know, we're flying back into LAX and, you know, I've got, 60 liters my my friend and his wife have 60 liters and and uh because there was like 140 liters in in this barrel and this is this was super good it's like 44.1 abv no watering just a super light filtration on it so we get through la or going through customs and declare and they're like okay well you need to go to to secondary i'm like okay cool like I I know the drill, no big deal. And same thing with my, with my friend. And so, um, you know, my, my, my friend happens to be of, of, uh, uh, Mexican descent or actually Uh he is Mexican and as is his wife and, and they get there before, before I am, and we're in the middle of, of, uh, um, uh, Trumpista, um, run Trumpistas running everything. And, uh, when the, the manager of, of Mm -hmm. um, customs border patrol looked at them, looked down to see what it was and said, absolutely no. And it just became like this, this whole thing from, from that point on, like, um, dude had zero interest in hearing anything about anything or how that California ABC has an agreement with customs to allow this type of thing. He's like, there is no such thing. He was just like just (laughs) hardcore, straight up, not down with this in any way, shape or form. Then um, Department of Homeland Security 
came out to yep. to uh, to interview us. Yep. Yeah. So I know that I'm on the shit list for for both of them, but I knew that I was on the the homeland security list before that. Even before like we realized <laughs> with with uh, Edward Snowden that they were following us. I knew this from from years ago. Anyway, so uh, um, they ended up taking 120 liters from us and uh, they said we could have it back if we jumped through these hoops of getting labels and all this but it was going to cost like ten thousand dollars to do that type of thing and they're like you're going to sell this so it's like no i'm trying to turn all my tequila friends on to what mezcal can be to bring them as as they would say to the dark side um So now you're the Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that was that. And like the whole point was to, you know, A, it was delicious. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and to be able to share this with with our friends yeah. and to turn them on, yep. um, you know, was the whole point of what we were doing. They're like, no, you're trying to sell this. Like, no, dude. Like, right. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and uh, while they were there, they actually tested the bottles yep. for for drugs and then one of the dudes is like wow that's some that smells really good can you tell me about it <laughs> unfortunately not the guy in charge yep unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah. well you know, you know i had uh and i don't honestly remember if it was before your um your altercation or or after but I had a similar thing where I was so used to coming back with 120 liters each trip. And the guys at uh, at uh, Customs at uh, O'Hare Airport uh, in Chicago, they knew me. And they would welcome me, and I would give them the spreadsheet, and they were grateful that I was saving them time. Sometimes they would just wave me through without having to pay any duties. Um, but But they were always super friendly, right? And this one time... A guy shows up that I don't recognize, and and he's the guy who's handling me, and the people I know won't even look me in the eye, and he he starts to do the same test that you're talking about, running a, running a test to see is this drugs, putting a, some kind of chemical into one of the bottles. And he asked me, like, you know, which can I test one of the bottles, which one? And I said, just pick any one. It doesn't matter to me. Put something in, shakes it up, and it starts to turn bright blue. And I'm suddenly thinking, "Oh crap!" And he, and he could see this, right? He says, "No, no, no. This is what you this is what you want it to look like." He had he had said to me before that he had said, uh, "You realize if this is liquid cocaine, you're going to uh, to prison for the rest of your life." And I said, I, "I thought cocaine was a powder." And he said, "You're either the most naive human being in the world, <laughs> or or the best actor I've ever met." Um, and I thought, well, you know, there's there's an alternative. I could just be really stupid, but um, right, but you know, so that that happened, and then there started being like all these occurrences where suddenly my bottles were being pulled out of the luggage in Mexico City. Sometimes before I got on the plane, and they would call me. Sometimes I didn't find out until after I got into the U.S. And then I had the same in 2020. I think it was January of 2020. I had a Homeland Security guy meet me. Uh, it wasn't at O'Hare. I think it was Midway. Um, and usher me and two people who traveled with me and how they knew I, that they traveled with me. I, like they must have been looking at my social media. Um, took us individually into this back room, put us behind a desk and eat, each of us, not, a, not as a group, into one of those chairs bolted to the floor 
where we like we there was no way for to use the chair. We couldn't get over the desk, and there were like five officers in there, and and I was getting really annoyed. I had had my conversation with the Illinois Liquor Control Commission between the first incident and the second. Now I think I know why, um, and uh, and so I wasn't I wasn't bringing back, but uh, you know, one liter each time. I was like, look, I followed all the rules. Why, why are you guys doing this? And I got really indignant. Um, and they said, you just don't understand. You don't, you, you don't understand what's going on. You know? and, and I was just so angry that they were trying to prevent me from, as you were saying, bringing this beautiful spirit in that I can share with friends to try and, and illustrate for them the, the beauty of rural Mexico and, and try to help preserve this cultural heritage in these communities that's at risk of disappearing because so many people drink this more corporate uh, spirit coming out of Mexico. Yeah. So that was, that's what I thought then. But, but more recently, right, there's been these stories running, and this is, this is where I'm going with this episode, Chris, is there have been these stories uh, in the news about like the, uh, the Coast Guard seizing thousands of tequila bottles that are they look they look to be legitimate tequila bottles headed for I think Australia, um, but in fact they contain liquid meth. Yep. Well, Mexican Marines. It was Mexican Marines, and and I'm seeing more and more of these stories, and it makes me think about and and fentanyl. It's liquid fentanyls in some of these bottles, and it makes me think maybe that was the beginning of people. <laughs> Kind of seeing what we were doing with our agave spirits, thought, well, they can get in with that. If we just make this stuff liquid, maybe we can get in with this. Oh, yeah. and Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Like, you know, the easiest way to get from point A to point B again, right? You know, and yeah. um, it can be more concentrated in, in a liquid format. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And as I've been thinking about this, I'm like, you know, since since... You know, being put on the shit list with with customs, like I've been minding my p's and q's, like, but like I I wouldn't be surprised, like if they start opening and testing every everything that comes over just randomly. Yeah. Like in this situation, like, do we want to make their job more difficult to make our lives more difficult in in, in at that moment, or do we just want to be like, okay, let's just make this whole process as easy for everybody as as possible. Let's you know support these amazing producers in other ways, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. you know you know in in buying stuff from them and then just giving it right back to them or or however <laughs> or however or you know however it's it's you know we can can support them um mm-hmm. uh, but i think that the the days of bringing back uh, um large quantities of deliciousness <laughs> even if if we're talking about sealed bottles is going to make things is going to be coming to an end for for a lot of us for sure yeah. Yeah, so there's always been a regulation with the airlines that you, you're not supposed to check more than five liters, and it has to be in glass, sealed, labeled, and look legit. It should be legit, so look legit. Um, and so I started doing that, uh, not the full five bottles, because, again, I've got the whole Illinois Liquor Control Commission issue going on, where the maximum you can bring into the state of Illinois is uh, four liters per person per year. Um, but, you know, my mind goes to exactly that. You know, I've got I've got friends in Homeland Security um, who 
very specifically are um, are dealing with uh, victims of child rape, trying to find them. And, you know, it's part of what uh, what's being labeled as human trafficking uh, at the at the the, the federal level. Yep. Um, and and while I would disagree with that particular phrase, uh, you know, it's it's certainly this this horrifying uh, true crime that's going on. And when I think about as much as I would love to share these spirits from these tiny little communities that aren't coming over here commercially, I sure don't want to be the guy who slowed down uh, Homeland Security or Customs and caused them to miss a case like that, that they could have they could have intercepted, yep. right? So, you know, from that standpoint, I've, I've started uh, just bringing in, uh, you know, one or two bottles that are actual bottles on each trip. But, you know, but then I also arranged with my friends uh, at CH Distilling to legally bring over a pallet of 700 liters. So I'm still, you know, I'm still a geek. Yeah. And finding ways to get stuff over that we can bring to market in a different way that highlights these communities. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you've got people like uh, Malbien, like Cinco Sentidos, like Miguel Malate, who are serving that role. So, you know, maybe I don't need to be doing this. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that there there are more options available to do that. Like you said, you know, in, in making the, the jobs easier for those who are actually doing a job um, and, you mm-hmm. know, uh, making it getting our balls busted less. You know, I think it's I think it's important <laughs> to be like, okay, are we going to bring back a bunch? Like, what's important? Like, what's what's really important? You know, in in bringing something yeah. back. You know, um, my last trip from Mexico, I brought back one point two five liters, and and it was a lovely one point two five liters that you will cherish. Yes. Actually, it's, it was one point two liters, is what it was, and I was one point two five because I was a seven hundred and fifty and and a five hundred milliliter bottle. And the the uh, um, the, the, the uh, customs agent was like, "Why 1.25?" I'm like, "Well, because I've got one bottle that's 750 liters, and I've got one bottle that's 500 liters. Like, it's math. It's not that difficult. <laughs> it's math." <laughs> Nice. And I love that they're even hassling over 1.25 liters. (laughs) You really are on the list, man. Oh, yeah. You know, there's there's another aspect to this that I think is important too, um, and, and you know, and I I can say this as a, a guy who manages to get down to Mexico eight or more times a year at this point, right? But I I, I think that that there's also a beauty to the the best stuff doesn't always get exported. The best stuff, you have to go to it and you don't have free reign of accessing it. You know, I think we've, we've become uh, acculturated to, I can have anything I want, whenever I want, wherever I want. And I think that that also takes some of the, the beauty and the specialness away from it. So I kind of like the idea that if you want this stuff, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're, you're going yeah. there, right? And um, you yep. know, and and also realize that you know, in this situation where they're they are doing what they can to crack down on, on you know, especially fentanyl, um, yeah. which is not coming across under the border or over the 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 border illegally. It's coming through shipping ports. It's coming across you know by people who are are entering the United States legally. They're actually carrying it on their person. So uh, when 
they start actually testing bottles, opening yeah. bottles. Yep. You know, people need to realize that this is a legit reason for, for that to, to be happening. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Well, I, I guess to that point, Chris, let's, uh, let's get something on the calendar so you and I can have some deliciousness in Mexico oh, together. I'm, I'm, Tacos and otherwise. <laughs> I am down for that 1,000%. <laughs> Right on. Okay. I think unless you got something else, brother, we're going to call this a... Whoa, 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 prehistoric Lou. This is future Lou checking in to say, I just got a little tidbit from our friend Ben Schroeder, who had a bunch of his Pensador Mezcal held up for exactly this reason. Ben, take it away. So... What happened was I had a container load of mezcal that was due to go from Oaxaca to London. And um, we loaded up the container, we got it on the road, got out to Veracruz, and um, it was about to go on the boat, or it may have already been on the boat, when just before the boat was about to leave, it was removed from the boat and put into a warehouse somewhere in Veracruz. Now, what happened was in the days preceding the departure of the boat, there had been two shipments, one of tequila headed for America, for the United States, and one of mezcal headed for Australia. And these two shipments had been intercepted and it had transpired that instead of delicious agave spirits in these bottles, what there in fact was, was liquid crystal meth. So obviously... Um, the cartels had had their hand in this. I mean, presumably the cartels had their hand in this. Presumably it wasn't it wasn't just uh, tequila mezcal producers who had uh, diversified on their operations. But anyway, yeah, my my uh, container went to the back of the queue in Veracruz. I was actually told nothing by customs. I sent them. I sent them. They don't actually have an email or a phone number. You can only contact them via letter, and I was sending them letters daily. But I heard nothing back until. Three months later, when I was told that my container was being released, and for the privilege of being given back my stock, I had to pay them a three and a half thousand dollar port storage fee. So that was a real uh, kick in the teeth. But yeah, thankfully the mezcal has now arrived, and I haven't tried it yet. But we are fairly sure that there is in fact mezcal and not liquid crystal meth in my bottles. All right, cheers, Lou. Bye. Okay, prehistoric Lou, now you can wrap it up. Right on. Okay, I think unless you got something else, brother, we're going to call this a wrap. Sounds good. Hasta pronto. You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. 
Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly, too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive. Do not walk, either. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to stretch every 30 minutes. If you stretch every 30 minutes, please stay within your defined stressing capacity. And consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you don't have a doctor, maybe Dr. Ryan Acock, the cocktail MD, can help you out. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip. Out.